T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's Todd Feinberg. It's Todd Feinberg. Monday through Friday, 3 till 6 on WTIC News Talk 1080. You know this quote? Somebody just sent me this quote. It came in an email, but there's not really a name on the email for who the sender is. Anyway, it's a JFK quote. One that I don't recall. Those who make peaceful revolution impossible will make violent revolution inevitable. And this may be part of what is making us feel that we're at such a dangerous moment. Because what big government does, what rigged systems like having public education and having education policy signed over to, uh, to private uh special interest groups like unions, what that does is it's, it takes away our ability to affect policy in our own most important systems. Big government is anti-democratic by its very nature. So if you, like the left always talks about how they believe in democratic principles, well, democratic principles are crushed by big government because democratic principles are bottom-up principles. That is, if the people speak... The system should respond. But in our government today, with the huge bureaucracies and the crushing power of, of the amount of money flowing through those bureaucracies and being pushed from the federal government to rig what the states do, all of that is anti-democratic. So that's what this quote, that's how I interpret this quote as meaning, those who make peaceful revolution impossible, that is, peaceful revolution is affecting change by pulling on the levers that are provided in our system to make our voices heard. And those levers have been rusted out and, and, and frozen, welded into place so that we can't affect them. And that makes violent revolution seem like it's a possibility at least. Good quote from JFK. Those who make peaceful revolution impossible will make violent revolution inevitable. Whoever you are who emailed it, thank you for doing that. If you've got one, send it to me, Todd at ToddTalk.com. How is that ride home going this afternoon? It's been really quiet on the road, so I'm assuming today might have something tougher in store. We're going to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Is that true, Mark? It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080.
Joining us now on WTIC is Thomas DiLorenzo. He's from the Mises Institute, M-I-S-E-S, Mises. And he's a, uh, a free market economist from the Austrian School of Economics. Thomas, nice to have you back. I'm glad to be with you again, Todd. We, um, we were talking earlier today about, uh, just briefly it came up, a, a caller was talking about the education system and how what a disaster it is to have a non-market-based education system. And my response to him was to agree and to say it's such a ridiculous idea that on the most important thing we do, teaching our young, that we would leave the thing we know is the best system around for making sure you're giving them the best product, and, and that is a market-driven system. Do we have anything else that's as important as education that we give over to the rigged big government system like we do education? Uh, probably not. That's why uh, That's why the, the people who want to control your life always, always come out in favor of uh, controlling your children first. And uh, you know, not, and it's not just this generation, but uh, and you know, I'm sure you've been talking about what's going on in the schools a lot now. But every generation, uh, I remember uh, some what when when Bill Clinton was president, um, Hillary Clinton. Her her big thing was um, she was sort of a crusader before Bill became president for um, government-run childcare all from birth, almost from birth, from infancy. And get the kids when they're one year old, and you know don't wait until they get to kindergarten or public school. For goodness sake, give them when they're six months, and that and that was always that's always sort of the pipe dream of people who want to control your life. And uh, but I don't want my life to be controlled by politicians. <laughs> I want to control my own life. And uh, well, the and trouble so is that the problem. E even a statement like that, I don't want my life controlled by politicians. It doesn't make quite vivid enough what a what a ridiculous idea that is. In fact, we don't want politicians controlling anything because yeah. what they do is whatever influence they have, whatever power they have, they sell it off to their own benefit rather than make good public policy with it. So the the question then is, well, why do we have them? And how can we build a system that gets away from that model where they use the power that we put on loan to them against us? Yeah, well, one of the things you, we're seeing in, in our country now, not a lot, but we're seeing it, is um, sort of what I call soft secession. And uh, where you know, a lot of people from the Northeast have been moving to Florida and Texas. And uh, you may have uh, you may be familiar with uh, the Buckhead neighborhood of Atlanta. They want to secede or separate from the city of Atlanta because I've, they pay I've read about it, taxes. but I'm not familiar really. No. Yeah, they they pay very high taxes, and they don't think they're getting anything in return from the city of Atlanta. So they want to have their own city government. And so I think we're going to, we're going to see a devolution of the power. A lot of Americans are, are are trying to devolve power closer to home, government power anyway. Uh, so it can be a little more responsible. But the big problem you know, with education is that there's no market feedback mechanism. And thank goodness we do have private schools of all kinds, religious and non-religious, and we have homeschooling, and that's that's our savior. That's the only market-based system we do have. And and by the way, you know, the, uh, the government system that we have, I, I use a parable in my classes when I used to teach, talk about this in my economics mm -hmm. classes at the university. And I, I said, well, let's, what do you think we, if we had the grocery system and reorganized it like this? Groceries are free. 
and everybody pays one big tax, like $10,000 a year, but then groceries are free. You go, you buy whatever you want. Everybody is assigned a local grocery store, and whenever the grocery store uh, messes up, they, they have cost overruns, food goes bad, we just raise taxes. And and, 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 and at the same time, anybody who opposes raising taxes, you you can make the argument, well, what do you want, people to starve? You can't do that. And so I, I went on describing this system, and, and I continued on by saying uh, the uh, everybody's paid the same who works there, so the butchers get paid the same as uh, the checkout clerks and so forth uh, by by seniority, you know, by by seniority. But everybody gets paid the same. You don't distinguish. And and then I asked the class, well, what does this sound like? And I had one young man who grew up in Taiwan, Republic of China, right next to Communist China, and he blurts out communism. <laughs> and then I asked them. Well, what other industry in the real world is run like this? And they they thought for about 30 seconds, and then they all said education, public education. That's how we organize public education. It's sort of a sort of a socialist monopoly, and and all socialist monopolies create crap, uh, for you know in terms of uh, what you're whether it's a service or a product or anything, and uh, and it's it's very insidious, and it's getting more insidious by the day. I like that analogy. It's one I use as well, and, and you're the only other person I've ever heard frame it that way. The other thing I like to use is um, is restaurants. You know, what if government we, – we know what school lunches are like when government gets to do this food <laughs> yeah. service. You know, what if what if they controlled all the restaurants? And, and yeah. e- eating in those restaurants was, quote-unquote, free, but that's because we were being taxed for it. Imagine yeah. what the menus would be like, and imagine how long it would yeah. take to go from Wonder Bread to a to a thick, crusty bread like we've done over the past forty or fifty years in America. You yeah. know, it, it, our our evolutions are slow, even in a market-driven system. But imagine in a top-down one; it would take centuries to be able to improve a, a piece of food. Yeah, I mean, just ask anybody who's been in the army what they think of army cuisine. That's that's government-run food. Yes, big cans. <laughs> And yeah. can openers and things to heat them up. That's uh, yeah. That's about what it's like. So th- this it, yeah. is. A, there's a guy running for president, a young entrepreneur, 37 years old, who's made a fortune in uh, in tech-related businesses. Vivek Ramaswamy, I think his name is. Have you? I guess you haven't heard mm-hmm. of him. <laughs> and, yeah, I have heard of him. I've seen him on TV. Yeah, he's a very articulate young guy. And like you said, he's, he's wealthy, sort of like a young Donald Trump in terms of wealth. Uh, maybe not that wealthy, but he's done very well, and he, he sounds very articulate. Yes, a smart, really smart guy. But I like yeah. what he's doing. I he, He's framing the conversation as one where we need to redefine terms and make clear that we want to step outside of the left-right binary in order to argue for American ideals. Let me play you a soundbite. We're talking with Thomas Lorenzo from the Mises Institute. Partisan extremism is A, unproductive, but B, boring. It's not even coherent. I mean, what does it mean to be a Republican today? What does it mean to be a Democrat today? These questions are on the table. They're circular. Whereas I think what people are hungry for is a sense of purpose and meaning and identity. So he's laying out that we're kind of lost in terms of the ideological side of this, that we don't know what our principles are anymore because we've been uh, advocated to by corrupt and malicious forces inside of our own government. Well, yeah, well, we, we do have some good principles, you know, the principles of freedom and uh, 
individualism and, and constitutionalism. Yes, but those live law. outside of the practice uh, of government. Well, yes. <clears throat> well, it, I guess the fatal flaw of that system is was the, the belief that uh, a constitution could be self, somehow self-enforcing. And uh, it was never meant to be that way. <clears throat> but, you know, to speak at, about this from a historical perspective, the founding generation, you know, they fought a rev- the revolution was a war of secession from mm-hmm. the British Empire. The secession has a bad name because of the Civil War and slavery and all that. But that's the truth about the American Revolution. They seceded from the British Empire because they 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 thought they were being abused and plundered by the British Empire. Mm-hmm. And then when the Southerners seceded, well, that that you know that whole thing they eliminated the whole idea of secession. But if you read what some of the founding fathers said, like Thomas Jefferson, he thought that the country would break up into three or four pieces during his time. And he said, we would wish them all well because they would all be our children, you know, all be our American children. And and, uh, and so, uh, we, but we've gotten away from that. And so that, you're I saying Jefferson that, that, wasn't opposed to that idea. He would see oh, it no, as... He, he was the author of the, the American Declaration of Secession from the British Empire. And then 20, you know, excuse me, a few years before he died, he was asked uh, in, uh, by a, a correspondent, about, you know, New Englanders were the first to try to secede. They they actually held a convention mm-hmm. in Hartford in 1814, and they eventually voted not to secede. But they plotted for about a decade to secede because they hated Jefferson and his party so much. And they were led by Senator Timothy Pickering from Massachusetts. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so the, all the founders all thought that this was a natural right that people had, that the union was voluntary, which means, you know, any state— uh, actually, several states reserve the right to uh, to leave the union, if they, and they said if the union uh, operates in a way that interferes with our happiness, and they use the word happiness, and that was it. But we've gotten away from that, and we, and we tend to think of everything as left and right, Republican, Democrat. But the founders thought of politics more vertically, like the, yeah. the devolution of power. If you're going to have government, most of it should be at the local level where people can keep a better eye on it. But, uh, you know, we've created this gigantic uh, monstrosity of the central government. And I, th- I do think that eventually uh, we're going to see some parts of the United States seceding and creating their own uh, their own confederacies. It may not be in my lifetime, but I think that's what is going to happen because it's just ungovernable with 330 million people. With, well, uh, isn't you know, it ungovernable because dozen politicians. If, we, if we thought about having the major power forces in our country be the smaller ones again rather than the big ones if we if we came to understand what those principles are all about that's the thing i've trouble imagining is when you allude to that it was part of the um part of the intellectual framework of the beginning of the country that secession was something that was celebrated and a right because I, I guess because Jefferson and others saw it as so inevitable, the consolidation of power and the corruption of the, no, that's the, true. the Constitution. And the thing they, they saw about secession is the threat of secession, they thought, would, would, would cause the government to pass fewer laws that were unconstitutional because they couldn't be enforced if the people of Connecticut, for example, said – we are not going to enforce this law within our within our boundaries. 
which, which, by the way, the people of Connecticut did when they they essentially uh, seceded from the War of 1812. They didn't participate mm-hmm. because they thought it was uh, didn't have anything to do with them, and uh, and so did other parts of New England. And then, and then, then there's also nullification at the same time. Uh, the colonists nullified uh, the King George's edicts. They refused to uh, uh, to obey some of the edicts and laws that the King of England passed, and that was carried out carried on by Jefferson uh, again when uh, the Adams administration, John Adams, was president. They passed something called the Sedition Act, which made free speech illegal in, in America. The Bill of Rights was hardly the ink was hardly dry on the Bill of Rights. And they made uh, freedom of speech illegal. They even arrested a congressman from Vermont named Matthew Lyons for merely uh, ridiculing uh, President Adams in, on the House of Representatives. And it was Jefferson who wrote something called the Kentucky Resolve of 1798, which basically said, and he was asked by a friend, a Kentucky senator, to write this. He said, we, the people of Kentucky, are not going to enforce this law that, that uh, abolishes freedom of political speech in the state of Kentucky. And there was another one in Virginia. The Virginia it was called the Virginia Resolve of 1798. And we're seeing nullification now in a lot of places. A lot of states have nullified immigration law. For I think that's a bad thing, but that's, they're doing that. Marijuana laws were effectively nullified mm-hmm. before a lot of states legalized uh, certain types of marijuana. And uh, and we're seeing more and more of that as a as a going on of uh, states just ignoring a lot of federal edicts, and that's a good thing. So nullification and secession were uh, widely held beliefs uh, as as good things at the founding. Thomas D. Lorenzo. Up to about the Civil War. Thomas D. Lorenzo from the Mises Institute. We've just got uh, 30 seconds left, but it it occurred to me when you were talking that we're victims of our own success, that secession is a harder thing to think about when you've developed into the most mighty force on the planet. Yes. Yes, that's true. And uh, there's always the question of, well, what are you going to do about my Medicare and things like that? But then look at the Soviet Union. They broke up. The Soviet Empire broke up. And they created uh, a a giant system of federalism, if you will, with all these different countries, kind of like federalism, where Mm -hmm. some countries like Estonia uh, became much more free than other parts like Czech Republic and, and other other areas of um, the former Soviet empire over time. And if our country breaks up like that, I would expect to have maybe the free state of Florida be a, its own country. Ah, that's uh, a lot of people are going to like that. Thomas DiLorenzo yeah. from the Mises Institute. Thank you, sir. Good to talk with you once again. Likewise. Take care. All righty. We'll talk to you soon. 860-522-9842. We'll do rants in about 40 minutes. We will, and we've got time to talk coming up next. Jump on the phone if you've heard an idea that appeals or you've got something you want to add to the conversation. Do it during the next half hour. We'll take uh, lots of phone calls. We're going to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Mark Christopher with the latest on the... T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Road, sir. Never miss a moment. Go listen to the Todd Feinberg podcast on the Odyssey app. Thank you so much for being here on WTIC. We'll be doing the rants in about 35 minutes, 860-751-4698. This half hour, we are open for a conversation with you. So give us a call, 860-522-9842. Of particular interest to me, you can have your own topic if you like, but I was very excited with the nature of the conversation that took place at the Supreme Court with regard to the president's desire to dictate like a king that student loans will be forgiven. And this is particularly appalling to me because it represents the utter corruption of our government, that programs that were instituted in order to help people pay for college, a horrible idea, and we've seen the horrible results of it, that that program, which was supposed to make lives better, right? Student loan program. It was supposed to make lives better. And it has wreaked havoc on our country in huge ways. I don't disagree with them saying it's a disaster what's happened because of this compassion program. That's what they called it, compassion program. Oh, everybody has to be able to go to college. This is what happens when the plunderers, get to involve themselves in our lives in undue ways. So it was good to see the Supreme Court, uh, the conservatives on the court, be very negative towards this idea because it represents a huge amount of money. Talking about almost a half a trillion dollars that the president wants to simply, by his own decree, forgive. And there's this kind of flimsy basis for it in a, in a law that I view as being utterly corrupt and, and uh, it should never have happened because it happened through one of our big federal agencies. And those are, by definition, anti-democratic things. And it gave the uh, head of the agency the power, the head of the education department, the power and the right to alleviate some of the of things like the student loan program but it doesn't suggest that it should have been things as big as the student loan program but it provides the power to be able to give people a break in a crisis 
The trouble is the very intent of that law is against the American system of government. And what we need is a court that is ruthless in its defense of the American system after generations now of going in the other direction. 860-522-9842. Let's talk about that and anything else on your mind as we go to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Check in with Mark Christopher on this evening's Commute Mark. Now back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Whoa, yeah. So it will be a glorious thing if um, if the court rules in favor of the Constitution and against the plundering of America when it comes to the specific plunder, and that is the attempt by President Biden to, to write off 400-plus billion dollars in student loan debt. What do you think about that? Are you, does that excite you? 860-522-9842. Like it does me. Don's calling from East Hartford. Hi, Don. Hey, good afternoon, Todd. I wanted us to discuss that when I got cut off yesterday. Um, my point is this country is divided about these student loans, right? So do, do you realize that coming election time next year, the young people is going gonna, is gonna to punish the Republicans for stopping this? I want I want the government to do what's right, not I want to do what's right, not worry about the political ramifications. I'm going to call you after the election next year, and you're going to be complaining and crying all these people. Well, that that may be, but I still think it should it should happen. Uh, The right thing should happen, regardless of what people who don't understand our government and don't understand how power works. Uh, Of course, they want free stuff, but that's not. There's no money to pay for it, and it would be the wrong thing to do. Todd, it's a corrupt proposal. Todd, they are the future of the country. You and I are, 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 are parents and grandparents. These yes. young people. So, so we've got to teach them a lesson, Don. What, what exactly? The country. So you think we should just operate without principles? And, and, no, uh, if they say they want, this, they want their school loan to be forgiven, who are we to tell them that they, they shouldn't? It's they're the future of the country. They say they want their school loans to be forgiven. And if they don't, they're going to punish the Republicans next year. Watch. Well, so what? Uh, <laughs> I know it, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother you. What bothers me is doing the wrong thing, that having a communist-style government is the wrong thing to do. Buying votes by making bad policy is the wrong thing to do. I want to stand for what's right. It's democracy, Todd. And if the majority of young people want one a school loan forgiveness yeah that's why that's why our system don is not a a pure democratic system because the the founders wanted there to be principles of individual liberty and you can't have individual liberty if any dumb young people can vote for any free stuff for themselves that they want that's not our system we don't have that kind of democracy you don't get the right to decide for the future of the young people Todd. you and i will be dead and gone Yes, but the Constitution, but the Constitution and the system we have remained in place, even though it doesn't get followed very often. And I root for it being followed, Don. I'm not saying you're wrong in what you're saying. You are correct that there may be bad political repercussions for people who do the right thing. But I still favor doing the right thing. Well, we'll see next year. I'm predicting two things. 
and and also that that um that that abortion rights that, that they're taking away from women. Women is gonna punish them for that too. Uh, that could be. Thank you, Todd. Good to hear from you, Don. Always like hearing from you. George is in Vernon. Hello there, George. What's happening, sir? Yes. Carl, Go ahead, George. You're on the air. Yes, Carl, about the free education. Now, didn't she go to Tufts uh, free education because your mother worked there? Yes, that's uh, true. So, yes, that is right. You've mentioned that several times in the past. Yes, and you uh, keep misappropriating it as if it means something it doesn't mean. It was part of her pay, and I was the beneficiary of her making that a benefit from Tufts. So what? All right, so with that being said, your mother, I'm sure, was not being paid $100,000 a year, and I'm sure she was not contributing to the uh, to the college hundred thousand dollars a year so you went to college essentially free i did not essentially i went free but she paid for it with her salary because she got a smaller salary in exchange for having the benefit of being able to send her kids to school at tufts this is okay. so ridiculous this point george it has absolutely no meaning it's not comparative in any way it's not about people's tax dollars. What an analogy would be if I had somehow managed to steal your tax dollars, George, to pay for my college education. That would be analogous. But the fact that my mother could do it as a benefit that was offered to her for, to compensate for her small salary at Tufts, that doesn't work at all. Right. There you go. For her small salary. Exactly. So who paid for the rest of your college uh, education. The other, the kids, who paid, the kids who paid cash to go to Tufts. There you go. So there you go. But it still you. has, it's of no meaning, George, with regard to our conversation about how the American government works. There's nothing in the Constitution that says that Tufts University can't give the children of their professors free tuition. That's their business as a business. Can you really not understand that? I can. And there's also another thing about capitalism at its best, that whatever the capitalist uh, company wants to do, then it's up to them. Well, there you go. All right, we're done with that subject. Anything else you want to talk about? No. Okay. Good to hear from you. Thank you, sir. Uh, George gets thrown off track by that uh, by that little problem there. He's upset that I got to go to college without paying for it. But my mother paid for it because it was one of her benefits. And that's not comparative to a government which is supposed to protect the rights of individuals to keep their own money, the fruits of their own labor. For that government to steal money from taxpayers... In order to give other kids who haven't done anything, have no right to a free education, in order to give them a free education. If you would just call and say, I believe everybody should get free education, then we can start there. It's right for the government to rob taxpayers by spending money that doesn't exist to buy votes by giving kids free education. If you want to make that argument, then at least you'll be telling the truth about your position.
Steve in Springfield. Hi, Steve. Um, hi. Hi. How you doing? Um, I, what's really at issue here is um, it's the whole issue between government control and individual rights. Now, individual rights means personal responsibility. That means you've got to take responsibility for your actions. And I, I really think that what's going on in society is uh, less and less and less each day. People are not willing. They're not willing to take responsibility for their actions. Um, you know, in order to have a functioning democracy, you've got to have an intelligent, well-educated electorate. I know, and, and Steve, you've but people- you're correct. You're absolutely correct. But however, it's a circular argument because right. the the population is informed as to their misunderstanding of our own government by the right. lying scum who hold the positions of power that give them the influence to be able to misinform the public. So given that there's that dance going on all the time, it's not really an either or. You can't blame taxpayers and and voters for being so stupid if they they go to schools that have been stripped of all honesty and understanding of how our system works. Yeah, it's all generational conditioning. People are conditioned to think that it's not my fault. Um, I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. And they look to the government to do it for them, which is a slavery trap. It is. Thank you for that, Steve. You've got that right. Walter next. Hey, Walter. Yes, sir, Walter. Walter's gone dark. Let's try James and Cromwell. Hi, James. Hi, how you doing? Um, I uh, I had a little something to add as far as tuition getting paid because your mother works for the college. Okay. Um, my my mom worked in the community college system in Connecticut, mm-hmm. and uh, I and my brother had at least two years coming to us because my mother worked there. Um, might be a little bit different than your case in that in that yours was a private college, ours was a, a state college, but. Um, Mind you, neither my brother or myself took advantage of it, which ver- made my mother very upset. But, uh, <laughs> but we did. But we did have it coming to us, and uh, she was well, very what, proud what, of that. What does it? What? Imp- what point are you trying to make with that piece of information? Well, I, I, I mean that uh, that other guy didn't understand. They, they, did I not hear him correctly? He thought you got a break. And he thought it was tax dollars, and it wasn't. In my, well, he was in my talking case, as if it was the equivalent of tax dollars, and somehow he couldn't understand that it, it it's not an argument. Against, he's trying to undermine my right to say what I'm saying because I got a free college education. He's locked on the free college education part without concern for where the free education came from. It was free to me, but it, my mother paid for it. And I, 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 I agree with you 100 percent because I have friends who basically went to work at Wesleyan for the same reason. OK, and it was even more than that. They didn't just couldn't just go to Wesleyan. They had to get accepted. They could go somewhere else and Wesleyan would pay for them to go to school. So, I mean, that's the, that's how the free market works. And I, I don't understand how people don't don't understand that or conflate the two. I, I just, I, I don't want to pay. I don't want to pay because some kid paid 200 grand to go to college. Well, George is you know, a smart guy. A so 
I think he's just blinding himself to the obvious. That's the only thing I can figure. Let's talk to Mark in West Hartford, who would never do such a thing. Hey, Mark. Uh, you know what? I really wasn't going to call, but he, George prompted me to. So next time, George, it sounds like he'll call again on this. I'd like to know his feelings on families, you know, wives and children that get health care because of the provider. So oh. I work with individuals that weren't married or had children. So it was just themselves. I worked with individuals who were married that had six or more kids. And they get to stay on your health insurance till they're 26 years old. So imagine from birth till 26. I mean, I really like his take on that. He must be thoroughly disgusted. Well, what you're pointing to, I think, the idea that one guy might be getting $100,000 from the same benefit some other worker getting this ostensibly the same benefit in quotes is maybe only getting a few thousand from it or maybe nothing from the same benefit. That's pretty unfair. Exactly. Huh? And, and I hate to make people sick to their stomach, but one of my kids... Actually, for, he before went, if that's even a word. I think it must be. Insurance, <laughs> I made it up. So he, he, he opted out of the insurance for a couple of years because he had better insurance under me. And the employer gave him $3,500 for the two years he was under my health plan. Cause Can't they were blame the employer. He saved a ton of money. Oh, no. But, uh, you know, I guess, hey, that's the perk. I mean, it was there in writing when I signed up. And the same with your mother. It was a perk, and she signed up and knew about it. So, But, George, bring up the health care. That goes on across the board and, and almost every government job. Yeah, that's a Thanks, very interesting God. thing. Thank you, sir. Good to hear from you. That's Mark in West Hartford doing his thing. We've got Jeff in Marlboro. Hello, Jeff. Hey, how are you doing today? Go ahead, sir. We've just got about 90 seconds. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to say I think that that's, I, I had never known that about you, but I think that's great that you got that education through your mom's hard work and everything. Well, I'm not and claiming a, to have gotten an education. I'm claiming that I got to go to Tufts for free. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a really great per, uh, perk, as people are calling it, but, you know, that's a private agreement between a private employer and a private person, and I yes. think that that's just fine. Um, but to forgive everyone's school loans, you know, you got to go out and say, uh, you know, where do we draw the line? Um, I, you know, I got to buy my own vehicle to get to work. Can I forgive my car loan? You know, uh, I, I, I got to eat food so that I have enough nutrition so I can perform my job. Do, do I get free groceries? I think one of the Supreme Court justices asked a question similar to what you're saying, Jeff, in the hearing yesterday. And, you know, why why do people get their loans for school forgiven? How come we don't pay off people's mortgages? Why are we yeah. stopping here? Yeah, pay my rent. You know, I need a roof over my head so I can shower and live and be presentable at work and and you know i'm not going to be forgiven for that so you know where, where where do we stop you know well where do we begin is the question i think we should begin yeah. with the constitution and and by making sure people's rights are protected and that includes the right to be able to keep your money that you earned and not have it used as a like a toy by the elected class to ingratiate themselves with their voters. That's the gross part to me, Jeff. Thank you so much for the call. 860-522-9842. After news, we're going to play some rants. Call the rant line, 860-751-4698. And don't forget, we take phone calls 
as we do the rants. Then during the last half hour of the show today, Reese will be here because it's Thursday. We'll go to Reese on the radio. And Mark Christopher is in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center just dying to tell us the latest on the roads. Go ahead. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.